Welcome to Don't Be an Idiom. We're in the zone. We're fired up for 78. Our favorite number. This is the episode we've been trying to get to for so long. 789. 789. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining Albert and myself. And Ryan. I'm Ryan. And myself. Um, We're doing an idiom origin podcast for you today. You know, you're going to learn a couple things. You're going to walk away feeling proud and eager to share this this yes. new news new news <laughs> with uh your barista um neighbor friendly neighbor totally a sibling yell it at who else them. can you share these kinds of things with the pit the pit if there's a giant <laughs> ryan has concrete a- pit outside of your house you could scream into that ryan's life is starting to look more and more like a supernatural sort of movie Interesting. Like, you know, because there's been a little bit of bad luck, right? And then it's yeah. like, and then it's That's like, true. we were just standing out on the front step, and he's like, "There's, there's an entire block of construction, only in front of his block on, only on his side of the road, right?" And he's like, "Can you believe this is the only street like this all down Broad Street?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I kind of can." And then, then I look down. There's this giant pit. It's like twenty by twenty. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Down into the like bowels of the subway. Yeah, you know when they dug into their rats, just thousands of rats just came yeah. crawling out of that. And well, it's directly in front. Directly of my house. in front of his house. But and I'm like, not even complaining because I just expect it at this point. I'm like, yeah, I of course, it's fine. I just feel like something's gonna happen. Like I <laughs> yeah. feel like when they were like, cutting the- into the rock, like some like spirit was like, "Whoa!" And then they're like, yeah, "I probably should ignore that." <laughs> <laughs> so you think from digging that pit, my yeah, house is gonna be haunted something now? Something like some big yeah. Ghostbusters two type event is gonna oh, happen man. right at the pit, dude. That makes a lot of sense. Wouldn't that be I awesome? See yeah, I see it. <laughs> Shit, man. Because uh, I have had a string of bad luck. <laughs> you know, a good old-fashioned string of it. And it does seem like the next logical step is a <laughs> Ghostbusters 2 climax-esque situation directly in the house that I live in. Dude, and at the end, you are standing on top of the Empire State Building with lightning all around. And you're like, worth it! Worth it, baby! That would be the payoff. That's a payoff. (laughs) I'll tell you what, that's actually a payoff I'm not expecting. (laughs) I just want to see when the camera pans back all the crazy shit that's going on in the background. (laughs) You're like, you're not going to fucking believe what that movie was just like. You missed it. You missed the one. Wow. And I lived it. The movie was me. All, All right, right, people, so listen. We, look, summer is almost here. It is hot. It is 95 degrees out. We're yo, sweating it hot. out in Philadelphia. Um, but Albert and I, we're just going just gonna to knock off a couple of quick little comments, and oh, then we're yes. going to be diving into the idioms. Yes. But we talked about this probably last summer, 10 episodes or 20 episodes ago, Mahoning Drive-In Theater, oh, Pennsylvania. On. We saw Demon Night and Night of the Creeps <sighs> at the drive-in, and then we slept overnight, and it was so pleasant. And we yep. ate the concession food, and we and someone got the last hot dog. I got the last hot dog. Hey, that's a, that's a little bit of good luck, actually. Uh, hey, maybe the bad be. luck is that it's been, it had been sitting there for forty eight hours. They're like, we're just gonna give him one little win before we really crush him. <laughs> I'm coming for you. Um, so that was that. Anyway. Oh my god! By the way, just what a wonderful place. First mm-hmm. of the season. That is that is one of the most magical places in my life. I feel like I feel like there's such a an energy there, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it actually feels like it's on a different plane or something. Yeah, you all got to go. You Just got go. to go. Check out the go on their website, look at their calendar. You will find something for everyone. The family, the grandparents, the friends, you know. Guys, it went by the it covers time everything. You- this weekend is Werewolf Weekend. Can you get any cooler? <laughs> no. That is the weekend, the weekend that I've been waiting for my whole and you life. Didn't even go. Well, there's still time. <laughs> um, I probably can't go. The other thing, oh, dude. So we've been also promoting the two of us. Our our old high school college band is, is reuniting yes. for a show. Um, but that is sold out now. So it if you sold out today, but right? if any of you bought tickets, thank you. Yes. Um, for the support because that was that went pretty quick. That was so cool. 
man. And you know, it's funny because like, you know, when we played shows forever ago, I don't, there was never this option to sell out. Be like, like even if we were doing so well, like that would have never happened. Because like, this is a real ticketing agency. (laughs) Yeah. It's the only time I feel like we've ever had like the government involved with our show. (laughs) It is involved, baby. There's taxes going on. service fees. Um, well, this is all thanks to Chris Cardillo, who just got married. Congratulations, buddy. And what a segue. What a segue. Because. Chris, Chris and Jamie. Co- oh, congratulations, Chris and Jamie. I'm saying congratulations, yeah. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> you said because. Oh, I thought you were going to skip right to. And that's why, if you noticed, we were a week off or, or something. Oh, because yes, we yeah. were we were up we, in the mountains for the, mountains. the love uh-huh. of ourselves with Chris and then also <laughs> the love of Chris and Jamie. Both of them. And then there's a big, the love goes around and around. Because we leave, love each other, too. Yeah, okay. Me and I, you, our thing. Yeah, so we, there's a lot of love. He's saying it. <laughs> yeah, which is just a short way to say, you know, we love you, buddy. Congrats. Yeah, we, we do. And that's and why we are a little late. A little this late. Week. And then anything else? I think that's kind of it. Um, that's a, that's the top of the show. Unless that you is. had something, you, you had something else to say or. I, I was going to tell you about the new shop, right? Okay. Yeah, so, all right. So everyone's probably on the edge of their seats. There's a new shop, right? You want right. to talk about that? So yeah, in the town where my school is, it's kind of uh-huh. in the middle of nowhere. And then everyone's been talking about the shop, right? That's about to be built. And I'm like, why does anyone care about a shop, right? Because there's it. nothing out there. Right. Okay. So the shop right opened this week and everyone in school is like, have you been to the shop right yet? Have you been to the shop right? I've been there four times. It's beautiful. It's what? nicer than a Wegmans. Really? And I'm like, oh my God, they don't know what a Wegmans is probably out here in the sticks. But anyway, so we get an email today from the, the secretary and it's like, ShopRite dropped off a giant sheet cake to thank the community for welcome, welcoming them to the town. <laughs> and Dude, like, I've never heard of a, a giant chain grocery store getting so much attention. It is bizarre. Like if dude. an Acme shows up down the block, you're not even, it's not even registering, dude. right? You're not even thinking about the it location. until you're like, oh, I need, I need some macaroni. If, if you would would see where I work, yeah. they have nothing. There's nothing. I mean, but that's, that's ShopRite it being exciting <laughs> is beyond nothing. That's well, like dangerous or here's, sad. Here's or, my thing. I'm wondering, are there geniuses up there at the top of ShopRite? And they're like, there, that sad, lonely town. We're going to drop in here give them an effing cake and they are gonna suck down hard <laughs> on the shop right D. oh dear dude i'm serious because it's like i, I hey so, maybe we should buy long, maybe we should be franchisees long story short me and my me and my co-teacher i'm like all right let's go see this Evans shop right to the shop we right right we went to the shop right and i walked through the doors and i was like it was like a slow motion, like a, like, like a, a like a, what is it? Like a, bring, yeah. like, and like I'm the gates of like, heaven, the my, pearly the gates of heaven. The wind was blowing through my hair. It was beautiful. What? I nearly wept. Oh my God, Albert. That whole story was leading to that. That's insane. And, and all these oh women. Oh my God, we got it. And all you're these like, women. shop right. And then you go and Dude. you're about to cry. Dude. Dude, they have an indoor and an outdoor patio with like seating and a, and a fire pit. Wow. That's like saying, come and hang out at the shop, right? People are going to. I'm going to. <laughs> I am. I wish I didn't have to leave to come do this show because I'm sick to death that that fire pit is going around the shop, right? On the first Friday. And I'm not there. Yeah. People are going to be talking about this night for the rest of my career. That's probably true. The first <laughs> night out around a campfire at ShopRite. <laughs> I, who the hell knew people hung out at ShopRite? Uh, do they have pre-prepared sandwiches? Oh, and my God. Th- is there you alcohol not, there or would, what? No. So it doesn't look like there's... Some ShopRites do have a place where you can buy alcohol. It does not look like it because I think the town would eat itself alive they were like wine and shop right like just the, i yeah. don't think they could handle it right i mean you should i don't think so it. either from the sound of it you should have seen i'm, these I'm shocked fit fit people <laughs> jogging into the shop right today 
and being like, I can't get enough. <laughs> that is so funny. Dude, it is. I need to take you there. It is wild. Yeah, honestly, I kind of want to go Talk now. Talk about an energy. This Listen, place is a buzz. All right. I, you, I do feel like maybe some bias had, had maybe seeped into you a little yes. bit. Yes. Oh, no. I thought you were saying it was seeping into you. You. Um, from bias from the people you work with. I'm going to try to go with impossibly high expectations. Right. And if I'm even like, yeah, it's a grocery store. Okay. It's a New Jersey grocery I store. I think you're going to be surprised. But if I'm even 1% above that, I'm going to sing your praises. I took a picture of a like a curled up kielbasa. <laughs> I would like to show it to you live on air, <laughs> and then I'll get off the damn shop right there. Yeah, sorry. That this was... is in the display window. Uh, is it? It's sausage and strawberries. What am I supposed to find appealing oh here? Oh my god! <laughs> I didn't notice the strawberries. Why are there strawberries on a? Big bowl of sausages. Oh People, I'm God. sorry about this. That is so funny. Albert's showing me a photo he took. He's a photographer. <laughs> and there he is in front of the shop right with his coworker. All right. Anyway, All right. I think um, so, we're going to circle back that's around That's a little that. piece of our lives. And now we'll get to the meat and potatoes of the show. Because this show is about <laughs> Albert and I each bringing an idiom to the table, you know, an English phrase. And... We have to guess what the origin is, and then the other person tells you the history. So that's really the meat and potatoes right. of this here show. That's right. And so that was just bonus, that ShopRite thing. Bonus <laughs> material. Um, so we're going to play a game to determine who goes first with sharing their idiom, and then uh, we'll get going. So let's uh, let's giddy up. All right. Okay, I'm up. That was fun. Um, we're going to play... <laughs> The game, it's a German game called Mau Mau. And so we'll be right back. Just that sound. Maybe. <laughs> like ASMR or something? Yeah. And then other people. The sound of the, the, sound of the microphone stand moving is my, it's the <laughs> terrible sound. I'm sure everyone hates it, but I just want to say I really hate the most, sound. Most people I think hate it. <laughs> it's it's very annoying. But I could see it being, I was getting kind of soothed there because it was going on I so was, long. I was moving by a lot. All right. Anyway, I won the game um, of Mal. If you want to look it up, it's like a children's German game. Um, sort of like Uno, I think. But you know what? While I was playing it, I was having a little bit of deja vu. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I know what he's doing. It's deja vu. It's deja vu is my, uh, wow. my phrase for the day. Wait, did you actually feel like you were getting deja vu while no. you were playing it? Oh. Because that would have gone really good but with the whole mystery of the pit. I will tell you that after doing all the research for this, I did start, I almost was like, forcing myself into deja vu. I was like, whoa. I'm having deja vu right now. I felt Dude. really mystical. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like getting into your, it's like the shop right. <laughs> it's a little bit like the shop right. <laughs> um, all right, so what's the definition of this? And uh, then you give us your origin guess. Deja vu is when you, you're like, this feels familiar. I've done this before. I've been here before. That's right. Right? A feeling of having already experienced the present situation. So two, I think two and it is such a feeling, isn't it? Two thirds of all people experience deja vu. That's, Imagine being the third that never that's experiences crazy. deja vu. I feel like they have no like soul or something. What, what has no <laughs> like soul? When, you, when you're one of the persons that's never <laughs> oh, felt yeah. deja vu. It's like, it seems so like. Remind, like if, remind me to make a comment. I got to tell you my, my uh, origin first. Yeah. But I want to come back to that if you can remember that. Which, that deja vu people have no soul? Yeah. Oh, see? Yeah, see if you can get back to that and remember well, to ask any, about that. Anyway, to me, it's wild to me. that That's like people that say they like, oh, I don't remember my dreams. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? At least some of them. So where do you think, um, how do you think this entered the English language, right? Because deja vu, um, 
It's a, it's it's a phrase that we use foreign. here. Right. Well, yeah, it is. <laughs> right? It is. I guess you could just call it foreign. Deja vu. <laughs> French. It's French. It is French. I knew because of the vu. It's a French word or phrase. So, um, yeah, where'd it come from? Okay. <clears throat> okay. So, okay. So it's in, it's in France. It's a little town. Uh, things are mostly made of stone. All right. So it's a little while yeah. back. And... Small town and only one bakery, and it was uh, it was the the guy's name was Deja. Okay, Deja Vu Got bakery, it, yeah. you know. Yeah. And he was good, you know, like he was really good. And he, well, and it was the only bakery in town, so it's like it better be good, right? Or maybe they yeah. just thought it was good. I mean, you have really, no competition, <laughs> right? But right. you want to, you know, we want people to like you. They believed it was good. Yeah. Anyway, he was also a bit of a character, and he had a huge nose, right? And then he would, you know, bring out the <clears throat> pastries and and breads and stuff to yeah. the, to the customers, and he would be like, "I smell a winner." <laughs> Things like that. He would yeah. make a lot of like nose, nose references, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then they would be like, they would go and be like, oh, deja vu, you're the best, right? And he'd be like, he's like, the taste is good, but the smell will bring you back, mon ami. Right? What the fuck? Right? That's, he's saying that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because everything's about the but nose. The, the taste is good, but, <laughs> but the, the smell, smell will bring, bring you back. back. Okay, got it. I see where this is going. The taste is good, but the smell will bring you back. All right, good. So basically, um, he just knew, like, in the middle of the night and stuff, when it, well, you have to bake at night, I think, like, especially in the olden times. So he's just like, I got these guys. And then he would just fire up the ovens. He's cooking all the sweet smells. And then he gets one of those... Those uh, fireplace, yeah, fireplace lungs, and he just is blowing it out into the town, and then they're all like waking up, and they're just like zombies, like deja vu, deja vu, (laughs) and then he like the door opens, he's like, you see, I told you the smell will bring you back. Get it? See, because it's that feeling of returning to a place that you've already okay, right. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. It's good. It's good. Um, yeah, that's wrong, but it was. I could, you know, that's pretty good guess in a way. Because I love I'm, that guy. Because you know the the uh, fact of the matter is that people do experience deja vu through things like smelling great bread. You know, totally right. Because so. scent is the number one sense tied to memory. Sense tied to memory. So, so get that deja vu. as we've pretty much assumed, this is a loan word from French. Hmm. It means we just took it and added it to our language instead of like Decoding translating it. Right? it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so naturally, deja vu is it's impossible for scientists to record because um, they come hmm. without notice, right? So it would take so many hours and days and years yeah. to. Like you have them like sensors on them, and the moment they feel deja vu, you can you can uh, test something. So yeah, there's like there's no way to really study it in that way. Plus, I feel like deja vu really happens in a when you're like kind of like a you're conscious, like you're not really thinking deeply or whatever. Like yeah. it, it like snaps you into this deeper like meaningful kind of thought right, thing, yeah. and you're like, oh shoot, like I, I think I better like pay attention to life a little more. <laughs> Then you, then you forget 15 minutes. <laughs> sure. Oh, of course. You forget right away. You're like, son of a bee, get out of the way. <laughs> well, there's over 40 theories that um, that have existed throughout time that have attempted to explain why deja vu happens. And we're going to list them all alphabetically. And we don't. we still don't know which one is the right one. But I am going to give you, just to, to further embed our foundational understanding of deja vu before talking about the person that, you know, coined it or whatever. Sure. So these are, these are the three theories that, um, try to explain. Deja are they vu. in, in any specific order? No like order. There's not like a top one and two weaker ones. No, no. All right. Let's so. go. The first one is dual processing. 
So mm. say a werewolf runs up to you in the middle of the night tonight. Yeah, you, let's say. You kick it in the balls the same moment you notice that a kid, like a neighbor, is like <laughs> peeing on a wall and a cat jumps on oh, from one trash okay. can to another trash can. So this is, this is all happening at the same moment. Right. right? And you kick, you kick Wolfman in the nards. So dual processing is when one of those details yeah. is, is not perceived simultaneously with the other details. Whoa. So maybe the wolfman and the cat and the kicking in the balls, maybe those come at the same time, but then the boy peeing on the wall comes slightly after it. Okay. So you're processing one thing at a different rate. Uh-huh. And when that that late one hits you, that's the sense of deja vu. Oh, so it fe- whoa. Because you know, you're like, I feel like this has happened before and it has happened before just now. But, but you're only a, like slight a slight moment. In that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Neat. Very neat. I would have never thought of that. <laughs> Right, I was so, going for more of a mystical kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. we are going to get into some mystical stuff. I, I'm just saying, like, yeah. but that's a great scientific theory. Yeah, right. All right. So the other, another popular one, another popular popular theory is called hologram theory. I already like it, and it's essentially a confusion of the past. So, take the other night, Albert and I were at the drive-in movie theater, and, um. And we're, we're watching a movie and, and one of us goes, or like Albert goes, oh man, I just had deja vu, you know? Like, I know we've been here a bunch, but right. this felt like a different thing. Like, uh, like I'd already experienced it. And what that can be sometimes, with, with it's theorized, is, is um, you're in your memory, you're only remembering one fragment of that entire memory. Cool. All right, so maybe you're remembering the concession stand but not anything else. Right. So when you see, when you go back there and you're watching it, a hologram, the hologram is that concession stand, the color, the bright red color of it comes to you without the other information. Oh, whoa, dude, that's crazy. And so like, instead of scanning everything, it's just one fragment, which, and it's called a hologram because that's, that's how holograms work. You can see it one like bit and it, your brain processes the entire thing. Oh shit. That's how holograms work. That's awesome. (laughs) Yes. Anyone who's an engineer in here is like, I'm like, that's steam is shooting out of their ears. And they're like, and that's not possible either. (laughs) Oh, Oh, uh, I I did. I did mess up a little bit of this. Maybe we go to like a baseball game in the same town and we see, it's the same red concession stand. Yeah. Like the same exact one. And that seeing that brings all of Mahoning oh, to you. Oh, yeah, dude. And floods that new memory you're making in that moment. Oh, that's cool. Is that confusing? Yes. It's all um, very confusing. But I, I, like, I feel like I'm following it. Yeah. Um, it just goes to show, too, about how, like, when you uh, learn about stuff about memory, how we want to believe that our memory is just like a videotape that's like it's exactly how we perceived it but then it's like it actually degrades and like what you were describing there it almost feels like parts of the film like like when you watch like a distorted sure yeah like like little glitches and stuff like that yeah yeah dude our memories i feel like are just ever deteriorating (laughs) totally yeah and this last one doesn't have i mean i guess in a sense they all have something to do with or mostly have something to do with memory but this one isn't really about memory so this is called divided attention Oh yeah, and you know I know I do this a lot, but you f- there's an object in your room and you're focusing on it and you zone out, mm-hmm. and while you're zoned out, and we're talking like genuine zone out. Yeah, when you that's not a like when people too. not when people are like trying to be like no 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 you know yeah that's that um that feeling where it like kind of you can feel it lock in yeah on the, right it's like it's like sleep it's like falling asleep almost. yeah. I guess it's meditative, really. I guess. You know, you're looking at like a you know, like a, a little toy figurine of Predator and you're just like, oh. <laughs> and you just get into the zone. But say I'm, I'm, zone, I'm zoned out on this Predator action figure and my dog 
is jumping on my bed and ripping my pillow apart and there's feathers everywhere and then he jumps away and then divided attention is when I finally slip out of that zone and I notice that there have been major changes yeah that rush of realization is what deja vu is oh wow because you were just focused on this all of this stuff is going on and then you notice it and so it kind of like washes over you well yes See, that actually kind of is what I was feeling like I was trying to talk about at the beginning where it's like, I feel like I never get deja vu when I'm like hyper aware. Like, mm-hmm. like if I'm in a very lucid state, that's not when I'm going to get the deja vu. It's when it's like something like that, like that feeling of the staring getting locked in on. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, right. Like that's a specific feeling too. Like both of them feel actually similar now that you're saying it. Hmm. And you know what I was going to say? One more comparison. Um, like when you're talking about zoning out is like those magic eye books. Yeah. You know how you can feel yourself locked yeah, into yeah. that? And right. It changes your perception. That's the closest I can. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah that's a, we should we should pick up some of those. Um, my, I love zoning my, out in those my, things. My friend was like, you ever seen one of these? Like I was over her house a couple months ago. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, dude. Well, at first I couldn't lock in and then I was getting annoyed. And then when I did, I was like, Love it. We should totally get as soon as you can lock in. So satisfying. Um, But here's here's a couple weird facts. So experiencing deja vu has been correlated with higher socioeconomic status, better educational attainment, and lower ages. See, supposedly all lines up. But I'm I'm, I'm surprised that of less. Yeah, like you are able to tune out. Like you, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's easier to zone out because you're comfortable in your yes, economic status or yes. whatever. And then you're very blasé. Right. Also, people who travel often or frequently watch films, or if you're someone who remembers your dreams, you're more likely to experience deja vu. All right. Travel more, lots of films, and remember your dreams. Yeah. The dreams things makes perfect sense. <clears throat> but I guess also like traveling more means that you would have more experiences so maybe more of these like unique opportunities maybe more to chances like, to like memories m- new chances to more chances to see that similar concession stand totally that brings it back totally and like and like your brain i feel like does something different than when you're seeing something for the first time like yeah, all yeah. these new places and people and stuff right right and the movies same thing it's like you're trapped like you're seeing so much if you're watching like tons and tons of movies yeah right and you also zone out when you watch movies <laughs> too so that's a that's a two-pronger right there <laughs> It's settled. I I am I'm in agreement with all of this. It all sounds good. It sounds Albert. right up my alley. Yeah. So the history we're gonna go back to 1876 for this, and it was part of a longer phrase called sensation de déjà vu. Oh yeah, sure. Right, right. And déjà vu literally means already seen. Right. Right. Um, so simple. So simple. So. This was coined in 1876 by Emile Barak. And he was this French philosopher from, uh, he was alive from 1851 to 1917. And he used it in this book, L'Avenir des Sciences Physiques, which just means the psychology of the future, which came out in nice. 1917. Now, the wow. cool thing about um, Emile Barak is that in this book, he focuses on. Um, like what's called animal magnetism. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is like responsible for psychokinesis and other spiritualistic sort of things. I see. I always thought it was more of like a, like a thing that gets the ladies. Like (laughs) she just likes right. Animal magnetism. (laughs) Like that's how I've always thought of it. But this is, this is like something deeper, like a primal level. Barack believed that there was, like essentially like a force around us. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, that, you know, we, we can, we can harness the power of that. Totally. So he, this was his, um, he, this whole book was about this. And in this book that kind of goes through, it's kind of like mesmerism and that stuff. Sure. Um, as he goes through it, he mentions deja vu several times. And from there it caught on to be a more popular phrase. Um, he sounds like, if he was alive, he would be on that. I started listening to that AM show, um, Coast to Coast. Yeah, right. And like, there is so much shit about like that kind of stuff. And yeah. people are like, "Yeah, dude, like it's all real." And I gotta, t- I gotta say, there's some, there's some pretty, uh, you know, strong points they make. Huh. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> We're gonna get back, back to that. Let's come on back. Um. I just have a couple other things to say. Um, one is um, 
I wanted to read a quote from the the epilogue of the book, uh, The Psychology of the Future. It says, Every human being possesses latent, unsuspected powers of magnetic attraction. This physiological magnetism or psychic force which permeates us all in a greater or less degree is exerted by us unconsciously upon all people with whom we come in daily contact. But it is wasted because of our ignorance of it. It can and should be studied, controlled, intensified, and exerted at will. Yes! Yes! So I'm telling you, that is true. Right, so Barak wrote this, and he also delivered the word deja vu, which we all now use all the time. You know what? I'm getting some crystals. I'm going to go get a couple of crystals. And I'm glad you said that, because... I found a scan of the original book and it has photos in it. And one of them is a girl peering into a crystal ball. Oh yeah, of course, dude. Of course. You got to get a crystal in there. It's so good. I was just listening again on that radio show. There's this guy that was talking about this rock that has all these special powers. He's like, you can just buy it on my website. But we're going to, awesome. you tell us your name and we're yeah. going to get you the piece that's perfect for you. Yeah. <laughs> that it's is amazing. always the $10,000 piece. Oh, I can't, I can't find it. Um, damn, I really wanted to show you this. Show me, show me, show me. Show me the money. <laughs> show me the Jerry Maguire. <laughs> Um, Jerry. Yogi Berra was credited with saying yeah. it's deja vu all over again, referring to Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris constantly hitting back to back home runs for the Yankees. So Yogi Berra, he was a baseball player. Yeah. Right. And but, then like Yogi Bear is named after him, obviously. Right. He's the late great social philosopher. Oh, he's not a baseball player. <laughs> I think he is. Right? Yogi Berra? I don't know. It sounds like he's talking about baseball, right? <laughs> he is talking about baseball. So is Yogi Berra a baseball player is what I'm asking you. <laughs> Do you think he is? Um, <laughs> I also feel like I've seen episodes of, De- of Deja Vu of Yogi Berra playing baseball. <laughs> Yogi Bear cartoons are boring, by the way. Like so boring. Yeah, well, yes. Yogi Berra was he was a catcher. Oh, a thank God. Okay. For nineteen seasons or something. Wow, not bad. Anyway. You're gonna feel that um, in the knees. So maybe he was responsible for, for popularizing that Deja bigger, Vu yeah. over here. And um I was curious if you had heard of this. Jamais vu. Jamais vu. It's, a, it's like a, it's like the opposite of a deja vu kind of. No, I don't think so. Um, so is it when you see it coming? So this is it's kind of cool. Um, it's a sense of eeriness and the observer's impression of experiencing something for the first time, despite rationally knowing that they have experienced it before. Oh, <clears throat> so it's like um, this happened to me once where I was walking home from school or something and I was I was thinking about the word elbow for sure. the whole walk like elbow 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 elbow, elbow well it makes an l elbow elbow <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah 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 that's true so but you were um, probably thinking deeper into it I was unnecessarily <laughs> and then by the time I got to my I realized I walked past my house <laughs> Oh, yeah. And yeah, I was like a block and a half from my house. And I'm like, elbow's not a word. (laughs) I was like, what is this called? And then I was like walking. And so that's jamais vu. Wow. So it's like, it's not the opposite, but it's No, I hear you. Wow. So that's like, that's weird, actually. Or if you... um. I feel like I felt that too, though. You know, you know what it is. Yeah, that's so um, hard to explain. Right, right. So anyway, I just never had heard of that deja vu and jamais vu, and I thought that that's that'd be a way to introduce something new into our uh, our everyday. Jamais vu, I like it. And a jamais vu to you. Yes. And that's all she wrote. It is. 
on Deja Vu. Thank you for listening. We're going to be right back with Albert. Well, the audience just thought it was great. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll be right back. Okay. So we are back. It's don't be an idiom. Congratulations for making it through the intermission. Now we're here. It's my turn to go. Because uh-huh. Ryan went already. Yeah, so? So what I would like to say before I jump in is that I was, I already mentioned this on the show and I was going to mention it, but I've been really heavy into Coast to Coast AM uh yeah, you know, radio show. I yeah, you know, it's it just all the best stuff. Big, gotcha. Bigfoot, psychic stuff, uh-huh. um, astral projections. Yeah. This one guy was like talking about astral projecting, which yeah. is you know about that. It's like your consciousness yeah. like leaves your body, and he's like, you know, like you know, it takes some work, but then once you once you get there, it's like you really can just go anywhere. And and, and a lot of people like to go to the moon, but but don't be surprised when you get to the moon there's a building in the shape of a, a swastika and um you know they'll 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 turn you away they'll they they they'll, they'll see they know you're there what <laughs> dude and he sounded so normal but he's like talking about this this show is great if you don't the people out there that listen to coast to coast they know what I'm talking about okay let me check it out anyway there was this there was this character on just the other day uh I think two days ago. And he was talking about this something that was going on. And he said, you know, it's a real tar baby. A real tar, tar baby. baby. Okay. Now. I think I've heard that before. But what's the definition? Really? Okay. So to me, I was like, what is this guy talking about? Um, so I was like, maybe I could use it for the show, right? Yeah. Uh, and so here we are. Um, you want that? Well, like when I just say the term, does any kind of an idea come to you about what it might mean? What was he looking at when he said that? Well, I did. I, I, I oh. okay. He was talking about like, oh, you know, it was one of these things where it's you start trying to fix it and then it becomes a real tar baby. You know, the more you, yeah. Is it like? Is it like? Um, oh, the the brakes stop working. Other than also the transmission, I fix transmission and then this. Like one problem leads to another problem, oh, or you know what things break in 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 a way. Um, I guess it could be like that, but it's more like so. It's something where it's like nearly impossible to fix, and the more you work at it, like the more you mess with it, the more stuck and oh shit, it gets worse. I feel like that's happening to my car right now. Right, like it's kind of like once you get involved with it, right, it just keeps no ratcheting up. Like yeah. You probably should just walk away, kind of and thing. So, and you, but you can apply this to like a relationship. Like oh, that relationship's a real tar. Baby. That's a tar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. There's lots of things that you can gotcha. apply it to. Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. All right, cool. Okay. Just think sticky, sticky. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of tar. So I'm gonna go to the 1930s in New York City. Uh, or like the Bronx or something like that in the 1930s. And there was a guy whose job it was was to pave the streets. Sure. You know, and he had to tar them down. And um, it was a good job, but uh, it didn't pay well and no one loved him. So um, it's not, not a good job. That <laughs> it's steady. It's steady, steady. work. <laughs> steady. And... Uh, because of the tar that he was using, he was basically poisoning everyone <laughs> on the street terribly. And everyone was just like really sick. That's <laughs> <laughs> why he's using like cut rate tar. So one day he was uh, taking a break and getting a coffee and on that street 
and everyone's like, you know, everyone's getting real <laughs> sick, and the babies are getting real sick, and uh, like no one knows what's going on. He's like, I can't imagine what <laughs> is causing this, and he actually doesn't have any idea because they didn't even believe in like the environment back yeah, then. Yeah, right. He's like, wow, ain't that the damnedest thing? Yeah, and he's like, there's, you know, I think there's nutrients in my tar. I think I remember reading that. Put your baby in the tar tomorrow. <laughs> and so the next morning, you know, everyone's like, hey, like if you put him in the tar, like you dip the baby in the sure, tar, yeah. they're going to get better. They're not going to be so poisoned. And uh, so, yeah, the first, the next day he came came down the uh, street and all the, the housewives came out with their babies. They like let them play in the tar and stuff to get some nutrients <laughs> and they got uh, way sicker <laughs> and until things got out of hand. And he's like, in his mind, it's he's, like this beautiful sunset and he's riding down the truck and he's waving like with a crown on and all like, they're like, yes. Yeah. But in real life, they're all just like sick and they're all dying. Right. And they still don't even know that it's his fault. They get a little suspicious at the end. They're like, I can tell this star. It was you. Finger breaks off. <laughs> um. Anyway, you know, not, things start in New York, get really popular. Anyway. <laughs> now everyone's doing it. <laughs> so, so yeah, I don't know. Where, where That's does this great. come from? Right. So those babies were known as tar babies, I guess, right? Yes. Right. Yeah, and that does sound like a problem that you cannot escape from <laughs> until it dies. Right. Um, doesn't come from there, but tar is involved. Okay. You would hope with a yeah. name like that. Okay, so this goes back to an old folktale, and no one's really sure where it totally originated because it was like handed down through oral translation forever. Mm-hmm. But um, it became famous in America in 1880. Um Joel Chandler Harris wrote this book called Uncle Remus, His Songs and His Sayings, The Folklore of the Old Plantation. Have you ever heard of this classic? No. (laughs) Okay, me neither. But it takes place in a plantation? Well, so, and we're going to circle back to to all of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, the, in that was, it was, so basically there's this Uncle Remus guy and he's like an old, old fella and then there's this kid in there and he's um like what, what is her name miss sally's baby boy or something like that yeah so like the whole book is him telling him these little false sure, tales yeah. and stories okay. right so the second story in the uh, book is something called the wonderful tar baby story oh huh. right. so it is good uh, or wonderful, like unbelievable, you know, actually, amazing. Yeah, maybe because th- this it's a little. I'll let you yeah. draw your own conclusions, sure. right? So basically, this uh, author he was a white journalist, and he was as a teenager he was working on a newspaper in Georgia, and he was on a plantation during the Civil War, and um, the African Americans that he was that were on the plantation would sit around and tell stories. So he got oh, okay. a lot of his ideas. So he like from there basically I, appropriated them from yeah from them. Yeah, I'd like to think that maybe he had their permission That's to tell the stories. Crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy. Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm supporting the book or anything sure, sure, like yeah. That. But he definitely just heard them, stole them, made them his own. Yeah, that's that's actually okay. That might be a black eye yeah. for this story. <laughs> but the Grimm brothers, they they stole all their stories too. It it's different. Feels it's worse. different. It yeah, does. with the slaves. Should I just stop? <laughs> no. So listen though, but it it regardless of the book, um, it got like crazy popular in America, um, and it was praised by everyone from Mark Twain to President uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Sure. Yeah. And at one point, he invites the author over, and he says. Presidents may come and presidents may go, but Uncle Remus stays put. So Uncle Remus was the uh, the was character that main character that yeah, was telling yeah. stories. Oh God, that sounds bad too. Uncle Remus stays put. <laughs> listen, yeah. listen. This is just I'm giving you the history. The history. That, that it's I've okay. We're okay. Here, okay. Yeah, we're okay. Let me just give you. We the, don't have to put them on our sweaters. Oh, wow. Sweaters. Like crochet and a portrait of him on our sweaters. We're not going to do that. Anyway, this is interesting. <laughs> I know. I just had to breathe. 
Um, okay, let me give you just a brief uh, rundown of this story, the wonderful Tar Baby story. So there's a character named Br'er Fox, and there's another character named Br'er Rabbit. And Br'er Fox is sick of Br'er Rabbit because he's like happy-go-lucky. He doesn't work. Yeah. He's like, he's been known to like steal stuff and stuff. Like, why would I work? You know, whatever. Right. And um, Br'er Fox is just like tired of it. So he decides to mix tar and turpentine and it turns into this big glob right and he's like uh, i'm gonna put this into like a human he globs it like into like a human form and puts it out on the main road where he knows rabbit's gonna walk by whoa and he puts a like a little straw hat on him right weird it it is really (laughs) weird um and basically rabbit comes by and because he just has to say hello to everyone he's like how you doing and then you know, obviously this tar figure doesn't answer. And then the rabbit starts going like, are you deaf? I can speak up and, and, and nothing. And then he's like, you know what? You're stuck up and I'm going to, I'm going to mash you in the face. If you don't take off your hat and say howdy to me, he actually says that. That's so funny. And then he's like, that's it. I'm going to bust you up. And he, he wails on the, um, tar figure and his hand gets stuck and he's like you had enough i'm gonna hit you again and then left hand and then he kicks and so basically by the end of this everything is stuck yeah. in the uh oh my gosh. target figure and then the the fox is just rolling around laughing and yeah all that. he's enjoying it now in the ver in the american version it kind of ends there and like uncle remus is like and the kid's like well what happens? Does he like eat him? Like, what, is, what does he do? And he's like, well, that's just the end of the story. And so I was like, okay. But then I, I was looking up other versions of it. There is even one of those. Why are there other versions? So the story was passed down through well, other sources besides Uncle Remus? Well, the thing is, is like the story is so old. Like there was versions of it in the Philippines, India, Africa, Corsica, Colombia, oh, really? Brazil, and even like all these American Indian tribes. Really? All had, now there were slight variances, right? But in this famous one, it kind of ends funny. Yeah. Um, even Disney did one of these like little Disney record things, which I used to have when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. And... They had the the uh, tar baby story. In that one, uh, the fox and the bear. He has a bear friend too. Mm. They're like, "All right, we're gonna cook you up and like do all this stuff." And then the the, the rabbit is like, "You can do whatever you want. Like cook me." Uh, oh, actually, that one was all like smack me on the head or whatever. The Disney one was soft. There's other ones where they want to cook, hang, drown, Whoa. all that. And he goes, "Whatever you do, just please don't throw me in the briar patch." Yeah, and. The fox is like, you know, I think I'll throw you in the briar patch. And the thing about rabbits is they're born and bred in briar patches. Oh, yeah. So it provides them cover. He's able to work the tar off his body because of all like the thistles and thorns yeah. and stuff like that. And then he escapes. Oh, wow. So clever. This this version, though, does it kind of ends you on like a cliffhanger. But that's the popular. Oh, one. oh I thought you were about to play it for some reason. I could play it. No, no, no. <laughs> all right. So the, obviously the thing about this story is it's got so much allegory and symbolism and, and it is a story that's rooted in slavery. We yeah. kind of got to that. And the uh, rabbit is supposed to represent like the underdog or the enslaved person. And then the fox is supposed to represent the, the master. Mm-hmm. And um, There's also this whole part about the rabbit stealing food. Yeah. Um, and then they get into the whole thing about how it's like, well, the master says it's my food. And then, you know, it's like, but it's given, it's rightfully like everybody who's working for it. But, um, that changes depending on where in the country, uh, mm-hmm. it's told like a, yeah. the, the thing that he's stealing or whatever. And, and then the briar patch is supposed to represent the, the commons unclosed unowned land that where like, um, refugees and stuff like that could like, could live yeah, in their yeah. own community and like feel safe. Well, okay. Yeah. So, since we've been talking so much about slavery and all this, I would not recommend using the term tar baby because... Well, it feels like it has racist undertones anyway. There is... It is it is also known as a racial slur to some people, but... Um, and actually some, uh, some politicians have gotten in trouble oh, trying to use... Because they're Southern and it's, it's a common, more common idiom in yeah, the South? Yeah, so like... Wow. So here's the thing. Like, I was... I was reading that people have gotten in trouble for using it. And I was like, you know, the original context is this idea of a sticky situation that you can't entangle with. But 
because of like I feel like the setting of the story and the time that it was written, it like started kind of. It could so taking, easily be a racist epithet, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and all of these places, kind of like all of these different um, places that I looked up, like different different dictionaries and slang dictionaries they do have that as sort of like a secondary thing but it kind of is like not as well known yeah as the slur right so there was this one linguist that i looked up and i thought that he had a kind of a good point about the the term and he says um unaware that some consider it to have a second meaning as a slur and it is an obscure slur not even known to uh, by so as a substantial proportion of the population those who feel that a tar baby's status as a slur is patiently obvious are judging from the fact that it sounds like a racial slur. Mm-hmm. So he's almost trying to make this point that's like, it was never really supposed to be, but it right. just does sound like one. Yeah. Um, but again, that's why I, I think that's why you do not hear so this maybe, term. Yeah. So maybe, listen, you've learned about it. If you're, you're reading a book and you stumble upon it, you'll know what it means. Yes. But you don't need it. Maybe just don't this, say it. Yeah. Like, cause we do like to bring, you know, terms back sometimes like lesser known ones, but I feel like this is a history lesson here and not one that I feel like should be reintroduced. And now that I learned all this, yeah. and I was the only reason I ever even heard this term is from somebody on this radio show that comes on at one, oh, one in the right. morning. Oh, weird. I was like, huh, it really all makes sense that a guy like that yeah, would, would right. use it. Cause yeah, he's kind of sure. like out there and like, he's <laughs> yeah, probably like, there's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with this word. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe just yeah, maybe just reconsider. Yeah, it's Ross Perot. <laughs> Ross Perot. <laughs> um, can I finish? Can I finish? But anyway, so that's kind of the, the the history of it. I just thought it, I would mention some of the variations from where it's told around the sure. world because it's it is kind of wild that it's known in so many like, parts of the yeah like the world. Is it just a coincidence? Like How it could kind it of, be? Right? Like me? Like I know? Like there's like a dragon. Um, you know, legend in every single continent, yeah. but like to make a tar human, you know? Yeah. Anyway, um, in South Carolina, the rabbit, which we didn't hear about him stealing and all this stuff in this version, cause it's in an earlier one. He steals a field of black eyed peas in Oaxaca. He steals chili. And in Tanzania, he steals a ripened field of Dura, which I had to look up as some kind of a grain. West Africa, maize, yams, and beans is what that rabbit is going for. <laughs> and in a lot of places, he's taking water. Like there was this one about... Um, I'd kill for a yam right now. Give me that yam. A yes, I yam. am. Um, uh, there was this one version of it where the other, like, I guess animals are like, hey, we got to dig a well for water. And the rabbit's like, why would I dig a well when I could just drink the dew off the morning grass? I love it. But then he ends up like stealing water too from the well. Um, So he's a bit of a bad rabbit, lazy loafer, a little bit of a trickster, you know? Um, And then uh, just real quick, I also thought that the tar baby had some interesting variations. Like on the one children's book that I was looking at, they put buttons for eyes and a comb for a mustache. (laughs) nice but in in like older um ones uh sometimes the tar baby is holding a cake a bottle of whiskey or a deck of cards to tempt the hedonist rabbit whoa and love that right like i love that he's like come on man i got all this fun (laughs) stuff like dude if i saw a human figure like on the road like and he's just holding out like a deck of cards or a bottle of whiskey or a cake but it looks perfect yeah that is a trap for me that is like all three of those things i'm going for you're like yeah it looks pretty good right now maybe i could just start in real quick Dude, a stranger a shadowy figure stranger just holding out a deck of cards you want to play that's actually crazy. dude if i saw like if i was like walking in the pine barrens or something and there's like a slumped over figure i'm just, like holding up anything i'm you just are like screwed. Ah, i'm in hell <laughs> like i'm like i'm not in reality anymore you would lose Dude, it. i would lose my balls hey. all right so anyway that's pretty much oh no no last thing in west africa it's not tar at all it's a gum doll with a plate of yams in his lap. Oh, that's an interesting vision. Anyway, I just wanted to show Ryan a couple of the pictures. Here's gotcha. one of the, there's yeah. a rabbit. He's about, you know, he's 
It's like, what's going on? Yeah. Look at this one. Creepy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and then this one, he's giving him a, what's for? He's got a big old belly. <laughs> yeah, the tar baby. And then that's the uh, Disney one. Oh, weird. Yeah. Right? Interesting. Yeah. I think that's it. Wow. Okay. So go Thanks check it out. Great. Don't shout it out, though. No. Just know. Know that you learned something. And that is the way the mummy unravels. Ooh, very nice. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to Don't Be an Idiot Today. We hope you learned something. Probably learned something at I some point. I think we might have learned something. And, um, you know, we hate to ask, but, you know, check. You know, feel free to follow check us on Instagram. You can, you can rate the podcast on your Spotify. Oh. You can, and you can... Um, if you feel like supporting the podcast, go to oh, patreon.com yeah. slash don't be an idiom. Yeah. Um, but that's our show. I love my show. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, don't, don't be, be an, an idiot. idiot. Come on, lover, bring me back.